Today's message is from our Get in the Game series. In this series, we're learning how God has given every believer a gift. We believe that gift has the greatest impact when used through the local church. Prepare your heart for an exciting word from God. We hope you enjoy the message. Anybody in here want to know any more? Yeah. Let me tell you something I believe is once you remain standing for the anticipation of the word of God to be spoken this morning. I believe that our church is stepping into a season that we've never seen before. I believe that if you've, if this is your home church, I think we've never seen it before. I've never been a part of it. I think this city's never seen it. And so I want to let you know what's going to happen this morning. I'm going to, I'm going to put a, a challenge out to everybody in here. If this is your first time here, you're going to be thinking, man, this church is crazy. If you're normally here, you're like, yes, my church is crazy. But I'm going to put a challenge out to you this morning because this is really our prayer this morning, that we would surrender to the Father, that really like a, like a rushing wind, like a mighty storm, that he would come in and have his way here, Rodney, that we would not be a church that sits complacent or becomes stagnant and depends on human effort to do the things that only God can do. And so we work really hard to create this environment for you to encounter the resurrected king. But when you encounter him, we must surrender to that. Whatever it is that he's calling us to do, whatever that next step is. And I just want you to be aware that I'm going to challenge every person in here this morning because we are stepping into a season of, I believe, God's favor, his anointing. But I need you to look at your neighbor right now and say, God has a plan. But you have a part. I want you to look at your other neighbor and tell them, God has a plan, but you have a part. Pray with me in anticipation of God's word. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to gather here. Again, we're just so grateful that we can gather in this place, but God, we know that no matter where it is, we gather. If we are together in your presence, we can have church. And so, Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place this morning. Not that you need our welcome, but we just say we invite you with, with open arms and open spirit. We want you in this place. God, as I begin to speak your word, pray that you anoint the words that come from my mouth, that we would not just be hearers of the word, that we would be doers, that we would respond to the gospel, that, God, we would surrender and we would anticipate your movement this morning and wanting to know you more. It's in Jesus' name we pray, we believe, we ask, we seek, and we have found. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Worship team sounding good this morning. Amen. Yeah. They was trying to show off during that last song a little bit. I could tell. They were feeling it, so they were doing the giving it all they had. Well, so glad that you're here this morning. You may be seated. Thank you so much, Angela. Uh, we are finishing up a series called Get in the Game. If you were here, who was here last week? Who felt like the fire fell down on this place last week? Yeah. Last week, we took a pause in this series because I felt like God just to me to, to hit a pause button for, for this series, and last week we, we talked about you can have it all, and so this week we're getting back in this. We started this series five weeks ago. Has anybody been enjoying this series, getting the game? Yeah, that's why, yeah, yeah, that's why a lot of our volunteers are wearing sports shirts today. Uh, I'm not saying anything prophetically, but it's time to, to rise up this morning, have some church. Maybe the Falcons are going to win. Who, who's going for the Falcons tonight? Who's going for the Patriots? Who's like, I don't even care? Yes. Awesome. 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 Well, it is Super Bowl Sunday, and so we're going to finish this series this morning. It's been an incredible series, and what we've learned in this series is that um, 
We all have gifts. God has given every person in here a gift to use, and we believe the greatest way to use that gift is through the local church. And really, our series bottom line for this, uh, for this whole series, and basically that's what we call a sermon in a sentence, was fans in the stands only experience hype, and they miss the thrill of being on the field. How many of you know there's a difference between watching a game and playing a game? How many of you can't stand when you're at Neyland Stadium or a high school football game and some jerk beside you is telling the refs what to do because they're just sitting here in the stands. They're not on the field. They don't see it the same way, right? Drives you crazy. We say this, fans in the stands, you only experience hype. And you miss the thrill of being on the field. And it's the same with church. One of the greatest illustrations I think could be used is when Jesus turned the water into wine. It was the guest, it was the father, the groom, the bride. They got to experience the wine. But it was the disciples who were a part of the miracle. I mean, they were the one that went and fetched it. And so what we believe happens every week here, I, got, I just got thinking about this. Um, I taught on that, I guess, a year or so ago. And um, we're, we make wine here every Sunday. And I just remember this. I had our people post on Facebook, our church makes the best wine. And like, there were so many comments. I was like, use the hashtag, my church serves the best wine. And there were so many com- you know, people like, your church is crazy. They're heretics, you know. But we feel like we turn the water into wine here every single week. And what we want people to understand is that we all have a gift according to Ephesians 12. And if you're not connected to a local church, maybe you're here as a guest, we'd love for, the, us, for our church to become that for you. I'd love to become your pastor and serve you in that capacity. But you miss the thrill of being on the field because God's given everyone in here a gift. No matter how flawed you are, no matter how jacked up you are, in fact, if you're really jacked up, that makes you a good candidate for Jesus to use because how many of you know he's always used broken people? From Genesis to Revelation, you can't read a story without God using somebody that will turn mistake into a miracle, right? No matter if you're burdened or barren, right? He still brings the blessing. And so as we begin to dive into this series this morning, we're in part five. I want to talk with you about this idea of touchdown. Touchdown. Now listen, I have a prophetic word on who's going to win the Super Bowl tonight. Would you like for me to tell you? Everybody guys are like, this church is weird, man. Prophecy. The team that will win will be the team that scores the most points, right? You thought I was really like fixing to say a word from the Lord, right? All the Pentecostals were like, bring it, brother. <laughs> the, the Pentecostals were like, I don't, or the Baptists were like, I don't really know if I like this church anymore. <laughs> and the Presbyterians were like, you need to be a little bit more formal. <laughs> I want to talk with you about this idea of touchdown. So anybody play football growing up like rec league? Anybody play middle school? High school, college. Cool, all right. Well, believe it or not, someone 6'2", my size, 250. <laughs> I did play football uh, in middle school, but it's through a rec league. We didn't have, they didn't have middle school teams then. I played up at Nagaf, come on, Norris, Andersonville, Glen Isle, Pine, Fairview. Yes. Played up at Nagaf, and one of my most glorious, glorious touchdowns as a receiver, I still recall today, like it happened last night. Can I tell you about it? Listen, I have the mic. I'm going to either way. That's the luxury of being a pastor. So we're, here we are. We're up at Nagaf, you know, the old football field. I love it. Saw a lot of great things happen with their mail, a lot of good friends. But just the, the quick story is, or I'll sit here and preach that for 30 minutes, not that I like to boast about myself or anything, but so I'm lined up for right tight end, the quarterback. He's left-handed. His name is Logan Benton. You got Rocky Long wide out over here. And so what happens is uh, Logan gets the ball, you know, snaps the count. 
He turns, he's left-handed, which is it's so awesome to see a lefty throw the ball, right? He throws it to Rocky. I'm over here lined up on tight end, and my job is to stand up, stutter block for one second, and then I, take, I run a post route, okay? So basically just long enough to keep this guy from getting to the quarterback, and I, I take off running the post route, which is basically like kind of just slanted a little bit. You guys tracking with me? So Logan throws the ball. I'm blocking one second. I take off. He throws to Rocky. Rocky's Rock, there's another receiver right beside him. He steps to block Rocky, Rocky's guy, and Rocky, we're on, the, we're on um, let's see, I guess our own 35, our own 35. Rocky launches, and I'm running that post route. I'm just telling you, it was like, I like right now, this just feel, I was like, <laughs> it feels so holy to tell you about it. I mean, I'm just running, you know, boom. probably like big zits on my face in middle school, you know? And I smoke my guy, smoke him around that. And honestly, this is no joke. It's pastor exaggeration, but it's truth, okay? <laughs> they make for good stories. I literally stretch my arms out as far as I can. I see the ball coming. It's like slow spiral. Time stops, you know, like I look up in the stands and my mom's like, my boy. My boy. And I catch it. I catch it. And I'm running. So, on about the, it was about the 35. So it was about like a 30-yard pass. And I was running so fast. You know, you've been, you ever, it's so funny to watch this happen to somebody. You run so fast, you, your momentum takes you down and they fall, but it didn't happen. The Lord lifted me up. I had his favor that day. I mounted up on wings like eagles and I flew into that end zone. Come on. It was amazing. I'll never forget it. God, that was so much fun telling it. And so, touchdowns. Ultimately, the team that scores the most wins, but how many of you know there's so much more to the details, right? Like for that pass for me, if our center hadn't got the snap right, if the, if the lineman hadn't have blocked. I mean, you know, it's so calculated, so much more than just throwing a pass and catching it. One of the most incredible touchdowns ever in the history of NFL, college, Probably not Nagav, because I've got that one covered, but <laughs> college and NFL, for sure, in high school, was in 1982, there was a team called the California Golden Bears, and they were playing the Stanford Cardinals. Now, what's happened here is this has become one of the most well-known play. Even if like you weren't born then, you may have seen like a commercial. If you've ever watched Sports Center, they've played it. This might be familiar to some of you. Some of you may have never heard of it, but 1982, it's the Cal Bears versus Stanford Cardinals. Here's what's happening. Four seconds left in the game, Stanford kicks a field goal, and they go up ahead 20 to 19. Four seconds left. Seems impossible, right? Well, they begin to they kick the ball off to the Cow Bears, and what has now, since then, this has become known as the play. One of the most incredible touchdowns in college uh, history, roll that footage. Harmon will probably try to squib it, and he does. Ball comes loose, and the Bears have to get out of bounds. Rodgers along the sideline, another one. They're still in deep trouble at midfield. They tried to do a couple of... The ball is still loose as they get it to Rodgers. They give it back now to the 30. They're down to the 20. Oh, the band is out on the field. He's going to go into the end zone. He's going to go out the Bears. The Bears have won. The Bears have won. Oh my God! The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending, exciting, thrilling finish in the history of college football. Hey, let's let's give it up for that announcer. I mean, that was just incredible. One of the most craziest touches. Isn't that crazy? The band comes out in the field, just the impossible. But I, I love what, when God, when something seems like it's over, God's not finished yet, right? 
when, when it seems like the game's over, God still has another plan. And so I got to thinking about things then. You know, the whole idea of this series is how do we get people in the game? And as we're talking about touchdown, then what does, what does it look like for Christianity? What are touchdowns in Christianity? And so I got to thinking, is it like record-breaking attendance? Is that a touchdown? Do people even be like, we, it was great. Is it when we take up a really big offering? Is that a touchdown? Or what about like when we baptize someone? Is that a touchdown? Well, the obvious answer is no. Those are great things, right? I mean, those are great things. When, when we have record-breaking attendance, it means that you're inviting friends. When we have new guests, it means that you're inviting people. When we baptize people, it means they're taking next steps with Jesus, and we want to celebrate that. Amen? We want to celebrate that. Big offerings, hallelujah, good to have, but they're not touchdowns. So then I got to thinking, what do you probably think? What do, what do most Christians think a touchdown is? And I bet that most of us think a touchdown is salvation. Right, amen. When someone goes from death to life, we ought to be celebrating, amen. Look at what Luke 20.10 says. This is the last half of it. Luke 20.10 says, Jesus is speaking. He says, rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. Has anybody got a registration up there in heaven this morning? Amen, I do as well. Yeah, celebrate that. Don't be scared to, don't be scared to celebrate it. I've got a registration up there as well. And uh, I know that someday when my time has come, um, that's where I'll reside for eternity. Not because of anything I've done, but because of who Jesus is, all right? So if you're here this morning, I wanna go ahead and say this. If you're here this morning, you're, you're seeking your faith, you're a little skeptical, it's a little weird for you, you're not even sure what you think, it's all good, you're in a safe place. We're gonna meet you right where you are in your spiritual journey, and we just want you to be comfortable here. There's no judgment, no condemnation, but we do wanna preach the truth. We should rejoice when a brother or sister goes from death to life. We should rejoice. How many of you have ever been to a, uh, this is probably the greatest example around here, like a YouTube football game, Neyland Stadium? Let me see your hands. Some of you should be ashamed of yourself for not ever going. <laughs> Isn't it crazy like when it's you know, over 100,000 people and we score and what happens? It's like pandemonium, Rocky Top starts playing and your chest starts vibrating because our team scored. It's crazy, right? Tonight, most likely, I'm that type of guy that like, I'll jump up off the couch when the team scores and then I'll have to like check myself and kind of sit back down. You know, I just get really into the game. Now, I'm not trying to be like old school, but why do you suppose we don't rejoice that way when our brothers and sisters come to Christ? you'll get more jacked up over a football game that you'll probably forget in six months over someone who commits their life to Christ. Why is it so? Why is it so? Did you know the, the, the Bible says twice, Jesus spoke of this. You know, right now, this is what's happening. I don't know if you, I, I'm not, I can't articulate it well enough because I've never seen it with my eyes, but for those of us who are in Christ, we can imagine right now around the throne of God, there's angels and they're worshiping the Father. And they're singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And Jesus is sitting to the right hand. Could you imagine what that looks like? If you have a loved one in heaven, I assure you, they don't wanna be here this morning. They're in a good spot. But it says that when one sinner repents, Kelsey, one sinner repents out of seven billion people, it says the angels pause and they begin to party. They celebrate when one sinner repents. So if the angels in heaven get excited about someone going from death to life, why don't we get fired up about it? Why don't we get fired up about it? That's not a guilt trip. I think it's just something to be thinking about. I'm guilty of it as well. You know, I, we don't do a ton of like invitations here, but from time to time, if the spirit leads me, I'll say, hey, you know, raise your hand or come forward or mark your connection card. 
And actually, a couple, two or three weeks ago, we had someone commit their lives in our commit their lives to Christ here in our service. And I think what happens is we get our focus wrong, we get mixed up on different things. But then I got to thinking even more. <coughs> what if I told you that actually salvation is not a touchdown? Some of y'all want to like throw tomatoes at me, right? What if I told you that salvation is not a touchdown? What if I told you, yeah, we should rejoice, we should celebrate, but that's not it. Because don't you know that God constantly wants more for you? God, he always wants more. See, for some reason in the church, Adam, what we've done is, hey, pray this prayer. You get to spend forever with Jesus. Amen. And we should be like rejoicing. That's incredible. But because of what Christ did on the cross, hang on to this, not only does our salvation secure us a spot in eternity, but it also means that heaven came down on earth when Christ came in the form of a man and died on the cross. So we get to experience heaven on earth. Not in the exact same way. I'm not talking heresy, but I'm talking within us. And so what if then, what if, Dylan, that salvation, uh, a touchdown with, uh, with Christ is more than just a prayer we pray? In our volunteer service, I shared with them, um, if you grew up in church, you heard of this. It's called, especially Baptist, the Romans Road. If you, the Romans Road, which is basically if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and you believe that he died for your sins, that you will be saved. Amen. I'm so, I'm so grateful that my faith or his grace secures me. Amen. Are you? We should rejoice. But then if we, so Paul is the writer of that, and there's never contradiction in Scripture, okay? Sometimes there's tension, but if, it, if, if there's contradiction, it's just because you lack an understanding. It's not that it's there. But what about Jesus? What did he say in the New Testament? When he came to, when he came to his, his disciples there on the lakeshore, the very first ones, or when he came to Matthew, or what, who, who was Levi, he said two words to him. What was it? Follow me. He didn't say, pray this elaborate prayer. Raise your hand in the church service. Come to the altar. He said what? Follow me. Ah. So now we begin to see really what it looks like to be a Christ follower. Now, I'm not trying to like oppose the grain here, but sometimes I don't even like using the word Christian because I think it's so watered down in our culture. And it's not, I'm not trying to be a heretic or I'm not trying to be rebellious, but like, what is a Christian anyway? I mean... You know, it was a derogatory term in the first century. But these days, it's so watered down, like everybody says they're a Christian. Well, what makes you Christian? Well, I go to church. Or my daddy was a preacher. I'm pretty sure that makes me a Christian. Or they'll even say things like, hey, I was baptized. So then, if salvation is important, but it's not a touchdown, if Christianity is more about a prayer, now I'm not saying that praying a prayer is, is wrong. I mean, that's, you, it's incredible to do that, to confess that there's freedom there and, and that's what secures our spot with Christ in terms of a relationship. But I wanted to interpose this question to you then. So if, if salvation is not a touchdown and we know that God constantly wants more for us, then what must a touchdown look like for a Christ follower? I don't think it's just salvation. In fact, I'm going to show you. But I think it's multiplication. I think multiplication is a touchdown. In the New Testament, Jesus gave a command, what we call the Great Commission. Sadly, it's become the Great Omission. And this is Matthew 28, 19. Jesus says this. He says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, 
all of them, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. So when we baptize new believers, who saw Ellie Shaw get baptized last week? I say, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. So then, Jesus commands us to make disciples. And I'm part of the problem. I'm trying to create a solution, at least for our church in this city and with my brothers who are planters of other churches. The church has done an incredible job at making converts. What I mean is, hey, pray this prayer and you get to go to heaven forever. Well, can I be honest with you? Let me be honest with you. For someone who's just seeking Christ for the first time, who doesn't even know really like what this means, you tell them to pray a prayer and say, good news, you get in heaven. Well, what about the hell I'm going through today? Huh? What about my marriage still struggling? What about I can't pay my student loan because the job I'm, I'm at isn't, I'm not making any money. Now, like if you're churchy, that's going to hurt you, but I'm just talking to real people here this morning, okay? We tell them to pray this prayer and everything's going to be better. Come on, just, just get in here with me. You, if you know that praying a prayer alone doesn't always make it better, right? It just doesn't. It's not, it's not denying God of his supremacy. It just means that God has a plan and we have a part, right? And so what we want to do then, here at City Lights, be kingdom minded is not just make converts. I don't want to tell you just to pray a prayer, Brandon. I mean, prayers work. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians that we should pray without ceasing. So don't misunderstand me here. Hear, hear the motive of, of this pastor's heart. It's pure. But what I'm saying is there's more to it, Lydia, than just this prayer we pray. We say, hey, if you pray this, you're good to go. And we just scoot them on their way. But we think that Jesus is more than just an afterthought or a place you get to go. He's here with you today. So what does that look like practically in my life? Well, what it means is, as I begin to grow in Christ, then I need to go and make disciples. If you break this word down, and I'm not going to get really deep theologically for the time being, but one of the most words that's heavily stressed or most important is the word go. Why do you think that's so? Because we as Christians, we love to get complacent. We love to stand still. We love it where I'm at. This feels good right here. I'm safe right here. I like it right here. This is good. But God constantly, he wants more for us. Salvation, your faith was never just meant to come to you. God wants it to go through you and out to other people. The very thing you receive, God wants you to extend. Several weeks ago, we, um, we did some baptisms up at Anderson County High School. And um, it, who all was at our Lakeside baptism last summer or whenever that was? Incredible, right? There, we let uh, my wife baptized. Uh, where's Elizabeth Jackson? Katie, her daughter, um, at Anderson County High School. One of our volunteers here, Sabrina, she baptized her friend Amanda. And we believe, because this command is to all Christ followers, that you don't just have to be an ordained minister. You don't have to hold an office in the church because we all have the power. If you have the Holy Spirit in you and you're a Christ follower, then this is for you. But sometimes in the church, what we think is, this is for the pastor. This is for the paid people. This is for the professionals. This is for the people who are up on the stage. No, 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 no. We learned, we learned a couple weeks ago in Ephesians chapter four, my job is to equip you to do the ministry. My job is not to do everything, right? 
We all have a responsibility in this. We all have a responsibility. It's what we call uh, the royal priest. Peter mentions it in his books. We all have this authority to go and make disciples of all the nations. So then here's a legitimate question, and I think very logical and practical. I think in our society, in our culture, and I'm saying specifically here in the South, we don't even know what a disciple is. Like, so if I were to say, don't do this, but if I were to say, are you a Christian? I want you to think in your hand, your head, would you raise your hand? Now, if I were to say, are you a disciple of Jesus? Would you raise your hand? I bet some of you are thinking there's a difference, right? Like Christians, kind of serious. Disciples, like really serious. So the best way I know how to sum this up in the most just layman, simplest terms, there's so many caveats and subcategories underneath it. But a disciple of Jesus Christ is someone who dies to self daily and commits, commits to following Jesus. Now, let me clarify, that's not perfection. Anybody ever read some of the New Testament about a guy named Peter, right? He was a disciple of Jesus. Remember, he denied him to his face three times. Could you imagine seeing Jesus eye to eye and being like, no, I don't know you. I don't know him. And then the scripture said that he went out and whipped bitterly, which means the original language, it's like violently. It's a visceral pain. He denied his Savior face to face. And then John chapter 21, God restores him, the threefold restoration. And then Acts chapter 2, the dude stands up and preaches and like 3,000 people get saved. Pretty incredible. It sounds like our kids are jamming down there. Is that what's happening? <laughs> I was, listen, I was down there like before the service and it was like pandemonium down there. I was like, I'm just going to sneak upstairs and pray for our kids' teachers because it's crazy down there. Peter gets redeemed because God takes what's broken and makes it new. And see, that's part of our problem as well. We think, I'm not good enough. I'm not qualified. I, don't, I can't do that. Well, here's the good news. You're not good enough, but Christ makes you. You're not qualified. God, he equips you. You all have a gift. We all have a gift. And listen, I believe this with all of my heart. There is no better way to use that gift than through the local church. And you're like, you're a pastor. You're just trying to say that. No, I'm not just saying that. I believe that with all of my heart. I couldn't stand up here and say it with so much passion. I believe that. There's no better way to use your gift than through the local church. I'm not suggesting that what you do through the week is not important because it provides for your family. It pays your bills, allows you to go out to eat. But there's no greater mission on earth than what the local church is trying to do. So what's important to us is this, that we are constantly getting people connected to the mission of City Lights of what we're doing. I shared this a couple weeks ago. I feel like it's a big vision, but I feel like God is capable of doing it uh, through our part as well. In the next five years, we want to plant or start another campus, five. We want to plant five more churches or a campus in the next five years. It's a lot, right, considering we're in a small city. But we've seen God's faithfulness. You've seen it if you've been attending here. Derek McCarter, he's sick this morning. If you're watching online, love you, bro. Don't be lying to me either. He called me last night. I was like, I'm not going to make it. I was like, all right, you better, I'm going to check up on you. <laughs> we'll be helping plant Shift Church this year in South Knoxville. And what I'm saying is this. We want to multiply. We want to make disciples. We don't want to just gather a bunch of people here and grow our kingdom. We just don't. That's not appealing to me. I don't think there's anything cross-like about that, Tyler. Just say, hey, come fill up this room. I think we should be focused on this, not how many people we gather, but how many can we scatter, right? Not how many can we seat, how many can we send. I've got all these preacher rhymes I could do all day because <laughs> this is what I do for a living. 
But we want to send people. It's not just about keeping people. And this is what I believe. I believe as we continue to send more people, we're going to reach more people because you are going to be attracted and God's going to reach you down in your heart and say, hey, I want to be a part of something that's bigger than me. That's really what I'm asking you to do this morning. Now, see, you need to understand this. I believe with all of my heart, I believe with all of my heart, every ounce in me, that what God is going to do is greater than any of us have ever seen. And I'm asking you this morning, I'm asking our team always, do you want to be a part of something bigger than you've ever been a part of? And I'm not talking about getting fired up this morning and getting jacked up and then going home and forgetting about it. I'm talking, do you want to be a part of something of biblical proportion? I believe God can do it. I've seen God do it. I've seen God do it. I've seen his faithfulness. We, don't, we know that God's not just a promise maker. He's a promise keeper. So here's what I want to challenge you to do today. And I'm talking, this is for Lottie Dottie, everybody. You're thinking he's, I need you to go ahead and look at your neighbor and tell him he's talking to you. Some of y'all are nervous. Go ahead and tell those ones, the other person beside you that's trying to not hear what I'm saying, saying, hey, you need to check in. I believe that disciples, those who are committed to following Christ, were always searching for what's next. So I want you to hang with me just for a couple minutes because I'm going to go fast. We want you to get in the game with us so that we can plant more churches, so that we can reach more kids. Who has kids down there right now? You ought to just praise God for those who are giving their time down there because your kids can be crazy sometimes. <laughs> I know mine can. I know mine can, but yet they're committed because we want to multiply we don't want to just add. We want to multiply. And so here's the best way you can get in the game. And I want to clarify, I'm talking to every single person in here, you're thinking, no, he's not talking to me. And some of you are like, I don't even believe in Jesus. That's fine. I'm talking to you too. I'm talking to everybody because we're trying to create a place where you can belong before you believe. There's no prerequisite about anything. We're going to meet you right where you are. We'll help you take your next step at your own pace on your own journey. So getting in the game for us is joining a volunteer group. And we have multiple volunteer groups, and I just want to go through them really, really quickly. One of our volunteer groups is called First Impressions. When you pulled in uh, outside there this morning, how many of you saw those A-frame banners with signs and stuff on it? And you're like, hey, I made it to the party. First Impressions does that. They're our first impression as you come to our church. Our parking team, those guys are legit. They stand out in the cold. If it's hot, if it's rainy, they stand out there to park you, to wave and greet at you. First Impressions are the ones that see people. So like, hey, what I'm saying is if you're an extrovert, and you're good at talking with people, or really, if you're like good at Tetris, then you should be a seat greeter. <laughs> you should see people, because it gets dark in here, and we have flashlights, and if you're good at Tetris, then you need to be a seat greeter. You can seat somebody. If you're an introvert, you don't need to do that. But could you stand at the door and hold it so no guest has to open it and wave at them? What's your gift? First impressions, it's literally that. It's the first impression you have of this facility. The next one is our hospitality team. Who ate some of that good food out there this morning? Who's like, I didn't know we had food, but I smelled something funny. <laughs> it's right out there on that table. Are, do you have the gift of hospitality? Is your gift like, I'm just, I, I love hosting things. I love coffee. I can sit by the coffee and have some conversations and fill it up and make sure we don't run out of water. And Listen, true story, the other day I was here, um, I guess Tuesday morning I had a meeting. I, didn't, I hadn't used the coffee machine. I'm pretty jacked up on Sundays anyway, honestly. I don't really need a whole lot of anything. I do drink a cup of coffee first thing in the morning. But I got here, and I couldn't figure out how to work the coffee machine. So uh, Leslie Allen's our volunteer coordinator, and I was like, emergency, I text her. <laughs> I'm serious. That's what I said. I was like, I need some coffee. I got a meeting. I can barely hold my eyes open. 
She texted me back and showed me how to do it, and I was like, Houston, we have coffee. (laughs) So if you're good at using coffees, machines... Man, you can be on a hospitality team. You can host something. Our next one is production. That's all this. That's anything in this room minus the worship team. So that's like your sound. If you're ever, like if you're, the, if you're the person that goes down the road and you're like jamming to music ridiculously loud and you can hear different parts and you hear it and you're like, yeah, it feels good. You want, you, if you're like me, like I, Aaron, one of the guys on our sound team, I'm like, dude, I want them to feel that bass in their chest is what I want them to feel in the morning. I want them to feel it deep down. If you're that type of person that's always like, man, those lights look cool, but if they did this, it'd be so much better. Or if you're the person that's like, I can see this is a really cool stage set. Man, if I, had, if I had to do this, I would, I would do it this way. Also, I don't know if you know this, but it's not by the snap of a finger, but we have someone back there running these slides. It's called Pro Presenter. It's our audio, our visual team. Maybe you're just kind of like good with computers and you're good at following and leading. I mean, there's every, that's, that's our production team. It's sound, lighting, um, and, the, and then the visual we also have our worship team. Our worship team. That's a huge part of what we do here. Now listen, I just want to clarify. We'll be the judge if you think you can sing or not, okay? <laughs> we do have a standard. <laughs> but listen, maybe you're like, hey, you know what? I've been playing guitar. Nobody really knows it. Or I can actually play drums or I can sing a little bit. Or maybe I'm not a lead vocalist, but I can harmonize or you play the violin, or you play some kind of instrument. God's given, well, this is what we know, okay? This is according to who all believes in the word of God. Then I just trapped you. I got you. <laughs> Woo! It comes with experience, JB. You all have a gift. You all have a gift. Everybody in here has a gift. We have another team, City Kids. This is our kids' ministry here. They're down there right now, loving on your kids teaching them in a way that's relevant to them so that they can understand about him because we don't just think they're the next generation, they're right now. They're right now. Here's what I'm praying. I want you to believe this with me, that our next church planner is down there, that our next missionary is down there. And because, listen, see, it's so much deeper than what you think it is, and I don't have time to do it all because my clock's running down, but I have a little bit of time. So just like to connect the dots, like when, when I say give generously, I'm not talking about an amount. I'm talking about give generously within your heart because what happens, Keila, is when you give generously, we're able to buy supplies for kids down there so when you bring your kids, they can have a great experience with distraction-free and they can have fun and big TVs and sound. And then they go into these, these classrooms that we painted with a really expensive paint so it would be really nice because you gave and they get to hear about Jesus on their own level. Don't you understand that when you give, it's so much more than us paying a lot, Bill. It's so that we can reach people. So like if you're that person that has like mind control over kids, you need to be downstairs, man. Hey, listen, maybe you just have a warm heart. I'm talking to men and women, and you just love holding babies. Would you go down there? Would you volunteer once or twice a month and hold, hold a baby so that mom and dad can have a distraction-free service? Would you just love on some kids? Do you know why your kids are down there? This is not a guilt trip. I'm just being honest with you. They're down there because someone's loving on your child or someone's watching your baby. I went down there before the service and I saw this one baby like just do a dive into like these uh, like bouncy ball things. I was like, oh my God. And she's like, it's okay, it's safe, I got it. (laughs) And she had like one baby on her hip that everyone was diving in there. That's so whoever's kids they are, I don't know. (laughs) No numbers popped up on the screen, so that means all things good down there. They're down there and you're, you're up here and you're engaged. I can tell most of you are with me. If you love, can you, can you teach a kid? 
about Jesus? You don't have to have a theological degree. We also have a creative communications team. And this is like our social media, that's like graphics, um, video, like all kinds of stuff. We actually had, we're streaming online right now. We have someone that's hosting on our, our Facebook website, our, our page. So maybe you're like, hey, I love taking pictures. And you know the difference between like a good one and a bad one, okay? You're creative. <laughs> Don't be doing that. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, pastor. We have another person that um, leads on our, our communications team. Like, if how many of anybody following along on the Uversion app this morning? Anybody do that? A couple of you back, cool. So they they put all our notes on that. So maybe you're like, hey, you know what? I'm really good at kind of technology, and I, I can do that at home. A lot of this stuff is Sunday morning, but a lot of this stuff is home. If you like taking pictures, or you you like being creative, do you think that God gave you that for just to enjoy? I mean, yeah, He wants you to enjoy that, but man, what about giving back, Kelsey? What about giving back to the local church? We also needed to develop a really strong security team. Now, I think for legal reasons, I'm supposed to say safety, okay? <laughs> is what I think that's what I'm supposed to say. I got to think, I was like, eh, I don't know about that. Um, but there again, we want to be protective of our facility here. We've got kids down there. We've got guests in here. And I'm not trying to be like, you know, fearful and be, you know, afraid, but man, we got to be vigilant. I want to protect you. I want to make sure that there's eyes out there. There's eyes on your kids. There's no funny business going on. That's a really big deal to me. And let me tell you something I missed too. When we were at Clinton High School, they, we used to have like a pastor escort and it made me feel kind of fancy. So I, I'd come off the stage and Mitch, it was you sometimes and the, these big dudes would be there waiting on me. I'd be like, yeah, what? You didn't like my message? <laughs> so we want to protect our pastor. We want to protect our people. We want to protect your kids. It's a big deal to us. So maybe you're that guy that's like, hey, you're, maybe you're prior military, maybe you're prior cop, or maybe you're like, you know, I don't know, maybe you're just jacked up and always thinking of things like that. <laughs> or you play like Call of Duty all the time or something, I don't know. <laughs> Will you help keep people safe? Will you serve Jesus by assuring that your pastor, that your church family, that their kids are safe? And then lastly, for right now, we also have opportunities to serve in the office. Maybe some of you are really good with administrative stuff, clerical stuff, organizational stuff, and you're like, hey, I can do this. I can, I can put some names in. I can, add, I can do this for you. There's a couple of things. Man, we've got all kinds of opportunities here. And that's midweek. Maybe you can come in Monday for a couple hours, and maybe it's like, hey, I can come in Wednesday for a couple hours. We're very flexible here. But we're on mission to multiply, and I told you earlier to say this, to look at your neighbor and say, God has a plan, but you have a part, and you said it. And I wonder, did you believe it? Because I didn't say Simon Says. You just did it. That went over y'all's heads. <laughs> I was on a roll until then. So we have all these opportunities for you to get in the game, to join us, to multiply. And so why then? Why must we get in the game? There's no greater effort in this world. There's no greater cause than serving to the local church. You have a gift. And hear this. If you are a child of God, Romans 8, 16 says that the Spirit testifies with our spirit that we're God's children. So when you need assurance, you just ask the Spirit. Don't look for your good behavior. Just ask the Father to testify with you. 
I also believe simultaneously that if the Spirit's in us and it testifies that we're His children, I think it also helps us acknowledge those who are children of God as well. Amen? If you ever heard someone speak and you're like, no, they're full of crap. <laughs> they're just full of it. But then there's other people that speak and you know that's coming straight from the Lord. Amen? I believe with every ounce in me that we are on this path of incredible promises, provision, miracles, redemption, and I'm asking you this morning to get in the game with us. We want to see our volunteers double in size so that we can reach more people, so that we can reach more kids, so that we can reach more students on Wednesday night. Here's what you're gonna be thinking. There's a couple things that's happening right now. I'm beginning to close. You're beginning to think, now he's not talking to me. Yeah, I'm talking to you, actually. I'm talking to everybody in here. You're gonna begin to think, I'm not good enough. I'm not capable. These people think they're good enough. That's just the worship team, so hang, hang tight. <laughs> you are. You're able. You have a gift. And here's what will happen. You're going to use this excuse. I don't have time. You're going to constantly make excuses. I just, you know, I, I, can, I can picture some men in here saying this. That's just not what I do, buddy. I just, I'm just going to go there and support and do. No, 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 no. Here's how I know. Here's how you'll know. I want you to do one thing. Don't let me like guilt you because the reality is we're going to have church next weekend and the weekend after. But I'm asking you to join us on mission to be a part of something bigger than you've ever been a part of. I want you to ask Jesus. You know what you like. You know what you're good at. What do you want me to do? If this is your church, if you love it here, if you kind of like it here, Ask him, what do you want me to do? And this is, this is how we do things at, at City Lots. We did this thing called the gauge, okay? I'm fixing to land this plane. So what we do is it's called the gauge, and basically it's a two-week shadowing period. I want to explain to you how this works so you feel like I'm not going to be there forever. The gauge is a two-week shadowing period. We've actually got volunteers downstairs right now signed up for the gauge that are going through City Kids. It's a two-week shadowing period that basically ensures and identifies that you are good at what you said you were and that you like what you said you did. So for example, if you sign up today and you say, hey, I want to get in the game and I want to be a part of City Kids, then what happens is for two weeks, you shadow someone down there to make sure that you're not hateful, okay? And to make sure that you enjoy it. Now listen, here's, here's the other side of this too, right? We get soft sometimes because it's church, but we want to make sure that you're a good fit there as well. We're not trying to fulfill a need, Keely. We're trying to make sure that you're after your purpose. Because if you're passionate and your purpose, you'll love it. So we're not just trying to fulfill a need, Robin. We're trying to get you where you are gifted. And that's how it is for every worship team. If you're like, hey, I love first impressions, man. I want to help those guys park cars. I want to serve on the hospitality team. I think I can run sound. For two weeks, that's what you do. You commit to two weeks. Two weeks, you shadow someone. We teach you everything that we can. That Listen, that third week, you get off, and then we follow up with you. And we say, hey, what'd you think? Did you like it? And we tell you, hey, this is what we thought. You were good. We'd love to have you be on our team. And so basically, if you sign up, you're committing to two weeks. That's it. So there's no like awkward elephant in the room. There's no commitment other than two weeks. And what happens on that third week, if you're like, yeah, this is my groove. This is my jam. Then we start putting on the schedule at your convenience, at your pace. If you're like, hey, I want to volunteer through the week. I'll personally contact you because I'm the one to help. And I'm flexible. 
The only way, the only thing that that two-week shadowing period doesn't work like is with the worship team. Their process is a little bit different, but everybody in here has a gift. So here's what I want you to do right this second. I want you to grab that orange connection card. As you're grabbing that, I want, to let, I want to let you know as we finish this series, really what the bottom line is today. And there again, bottom line is what we call sermon in a sentence. And so the bottom line today is salvation is celebrated, but it's only a first down. It's only a first down, Rodney. Multiplication is the goal. That's where we want to go. We celebrate when brothers and sisters cross from death to life. But we're not just happy with conversion. So we want to take them farther. We want to help them go next. We want to help them go deeper. Have you ever been in awe or inspired by someone in their walk with Christ? You have the same capability to have that relationship as well. Not only that, you have, the, you have really the call on your life to make disciples who make disciples. Here we're going to plant churches that plant churches. And so we celebrate when brothers and sisters come to Christ, but we honestly, we know deep down that multiplication is the goal. If we're going to see God do something of biblical proportion, then we must begin to multiply. So what I want you to do is this. I want you to grab that connection card and on the back of it, there's a box that says, I want to volunteer. And listen, I'm asking every person in here, even if it doesn't make sense and you're like, this is crazy. I don't do stuff like this. Let this be the day that you join us on mission to multiply. Because fans in the stands only experience hype and they miss the thrill of being on the field. And here's what'll happen. You're gonna mark that box and we're gonna personally contact you this week. If you know what team you wanna volunteer in, on that comments box, just write first impressions or write office or write worship team or write pastoral escort. Especially if you're really big and burly. Will you join us on mission today to multiply? Will you, will you open your spirit to let God come in like a rushing wind, like a mighty storm that you would surrender to Him? Will you join us on mission? Today is your day. And what happens from here moving forward is we are stepping into a season of God's favor. We're starting this new series next week called Elemental. And it's going to be the most helpful series we've ever done in this church. Today you join us on mission. Today you say, I commit to helping your church, Jesus, multiply and do things our city has never seen. Father, we thank you for this day. and We declare in Jesus' name, Father, that you are worthy, that you are good. And we invite you like a rushing wind, like a mighty storm to come in and have your way with us. And as you enter, God, we surrender, wanting to know you more, wanting to know you more and committing to multiplication. That God, we, we, we celebrate where we're at, but God, we know that multiplication is the goal. That's the touchdown. And so today we score, God. We check our boxes. We make covenants in our heart to join you and mission through the local church. Father, we welcome you during this time of reflection and worship. Jesus, do what only you can do. Have your way with us. We stand and worship with this church. Thanks for listening to today's message. We'd love to stay connected with you through the week. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at City Lights AC. Thanks again, and join us soon.